We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. everyone welcome back to another episode of red and buried podcast with me sarah and frankie red and buried not dead and buried which is what i kept searching on instagram the other day (laughs) wow i know i would say your commitment to the podcast is never been called into question at all and uh wow do you even follow it (laughs) i do follow it on instagram i don't think on twitter unbelievable now you did follow it on twitter like a month into the podcast okay to be yeah to be fair it's because i don't use twitter ever Mm -hmm, um i literally the only time i go on twitter is if something's happened and i want to get the gossip on it like some sort of celeb gossip or whatever anyway yes red and buried red and buried the worst (laughs) bit is I was only looking up the Instagram account because I realized I hadn't put any of the books I'd read on my Goodreads and I couldn't remember any of the books I'd read so I had to then look up the podcast account to go back and yeah well that's great thank you Sarah Uh, (laughs) also uh, in the future if you need to see what books we've done in the past you can also visit redandburiedpodcast.com yes all of our past books are there listed yes that is also true thank you frankie you're welcome and you know i was also saying that for the benefit of the listener but mostly for me (laughs) mostly for you yeah clearly i know so um i really enjoyed this month's theme although i think i've said that every month to be fair we've had a good run though we have yeah and um so this this month's theme is um looking at friendship in a crime book yes I'm going to jump right in. I initially, when I was trying to decide what to read for it, I thought I was going to go with a kind of young adult book because they're quite often more focused on friendship as opposed to like marriages and families and stuff. Because those kids can't get married yet. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. Um, And I haven't read a young adult book in quite a long time and I do quite enjoy some of them, but I didn't go that direction in the end. Oh, what? That was a little twist there. Yes, I realised skimming through um, Waterstones the other day that a book that I've had on my TBR for quite a long time was a really good shout for this one. So I went with that instead. And then interestingly, when I looked it up on Goodreads today, I saw that you have also read it, Frankie, although oh. a couple of years ago. Oh, great. Well, I hope I can remember it. What, what's so the do book? I. So I read The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Ah, oh, I have read The Guest List. And that is a, yeah, that is rife with friendship. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Terrible, toxic friendships. So I guess, spoiler alert, I fucking loved it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It was kind of the first book that I've read in ages where I didn't want to put it down. Mm. Um, and I, pretty sure I read it in one go um it was a couple of weeks ago now so I can't quite remember but I think yeah I think I did it with no breaks because I was really into it yeah it is Lucy Foley writes a really enjoyable immersive read like you can just get stuck in and just ride the wave yeah it was interesting because reading up on some of the reviews of it Mm quite a lot of people were saying that she's kind of they're like slightly trashier Agatha Christie style books which I get um so a synopsis of um the guest list the description from Waterstones which Mm -hmm. I'm thinking is from the back cover but I read it on Kindle so who knows is 
A remote island an invitation to die for. On an island off the windswept Irish coast, guests gather for the wedding of the year, the marriage of Jules Keegan and Will Slater. Old friends, past grudges, happy families, hidden jealousies, 13 guests, one body. The wedding cake has barely been cut when one of the guests is found dead, and as a storm unleashes its fury on the island, everyone is trapped. All have a secret, all have a motive, one guest won't leave this wedding alive. A gripping, twisty murder mystery thriller. Oh, I think that sums it up quite well. It does. That is like a, an intriguing and interesting synopsis there. Yeah, so it's kind of um, a locked room type mystery, which I also really love. Yes. I actually realised, I don't think I've read a Lucy Foley book before this, and I thought I had, but when I looked up the book that I was thinking was her, it was one called, uh, I want to say The Chalet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I actually have that. I think you bought that for me, and I've not actually gone around to reading it yet. Oh, interesting. I would read it because... That was really good. I don't think quite as good as this was. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like holiday, group of people stranded together. Yeah, none of those books are really good adverts for going on holidays with your friends, are they? No, exactly. Um, This one really wasn't. Don't go to weddings. No, well, no, A, don't go to weddings. But also, Jesus, the friendships in it were so toxic. Yes. And I think... It was the main friendship group was this group of guys who went to boys private boarding school together as kids, which was obviously quite a terrible place in retrospect. Yeah, well, that's when you hear that, it's not going to necessarily endear you to the characters all that much. You're like, oh, privileged no. white males, you say. To be fair, there were very few likable characters in this. Yes. Um, I think the only ones that I really liked were... I want to say Hannah was her mm-hmm. name, the yes. um, the plus one, as she's called the outsider. In the book. Yes, yeah, and also the sister Olivia. Um, yes, I thought, yeah, very likable, and just oh, I felt so sorry for her. Mm, definitely, but the rest of the characters were all pretty terrible people. But it was a really, really good portrayal of I think how people can get stuck in these friendship groups from when they were kids, and you revert back to that how you were as a teenager when you get back together with them absolutely we all I think at some point in our lives have had certain friends who were like why am I still speaking to this person they're not nice and but it's almost like habitual and you kind of yeah you fall back into old mindsets and old ways of behaving that you don't even necessarily like anymore yeah yeah exactly yeah I'm thankful I don't think I've got any relationships like that that no you do and they're all I've I've watched you and I'm joking (laughs) (laughs) but the funny thing is you have loads of friends that you're still very close to some of the people you went to school with yeah a couple I'm still very good friends I mean one of them I live with yeah they sure yeah although to be fair we didn't become friends until sixth form I we pretty well I don't know if she hated me but I was not a fan of her in (laughs) school years so maybe that helps that's true that changes the dynamic somewhat yeah but no it was a really good read the relationships I think were absolutely fascinating and actually it was quite refreshing to read a book that wasn't focused on like I said a marriage or a family Mm. it's just yeah it's a different dynamic and I think a lot of the trashy crime thrillers that I read are focused on a marriage or a family which is great but it was nice to read something slightly different yes and also probably more relatable for us, in given the fact that you and I don't really have 
We're not saying we don't really have. We definitely don't have children. Uh, yeah. or... <laughs> not that we know of. <laughs> no, or like, yeah, it's it's nice to actually be like, oh, these people are kind of like our our age. It makes you makes it more relatable in terms mm. of the characters, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually, the two marriages that were portrayed in this book were both pretty terrible. So mm. that was that was fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> always fun. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, absolutely fascinating book. Um, loved the, like I said, the really toxic friendship between these group of guys. But then there was also quite a sweet friendship that blossomed on the island between Hannah and Olivia. I really hope her name was Hannah now that I keep calling her I think her it was Hannah. I seem to remember that. It's been a while since I read it, but um, I think it was. Pretty sure it was. Yeah. So that was really, that was quite nice as well. Um, and I hope they stayed friends afterwards. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Nothing brings you together like a murder. No, exactly. And I thought it had quite a good ending as well, quite a satisfying ending. Yes. Now, sometimes you read, a, especially a crime book, and I don't know, I get really annoyed at some of the endings because I'm like, I get why you've done it, but mm-hmm. I want everything wrapped up in a tidy bow. I don't want all this ambiguity and... um. You you are very much a completist, aren't you? You want it all, yeah, neat and tidy at the end. Yeah, not reading related, but I am a massive fan of Law and Order SVU, of course. obviously. And there's one episode of it, which the concept, really cool. I get why they did it. I get the point they were making, but it was basically um, a he said, she said rape case. Oh, no. And it goes all the way and you see um, the aftermath and going to trial and the court case and you never find out the verdict and you never actually find out what the story was if she was actually raped if it, yeah I think the point was that actually a hell of a lot of rape cases are he said she said and you never get that closure and you're never going to know what the actual story was but honestly I get angry every time I think about it <laughs> Yeah, because the whole point is... It's so unsatisfying. We get enough of that in real life. Can we have... Oh, man, yeah, that is frustrating. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, slight tangent. Yeah, so great book. I really, really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. I think I would actually give it five tombstones. Whoa! I know, it seems really dramatic, but it was just such a fun, entertaining read. It was really well written. Um, I'm definitely going to go and read. I think she's got two other books yes the hunting party and the paris apartment which has only just come out so they're going straight on my tbr um we might have to try and work out a theme around maybe just (laughs) lucy foley (laughs) right (laughs) um yeah five tombstones go and read it it was amazing yeah i remember really enjoying it and i remember as well i think she like she paints the picture of the setting really beautifully yes and it really adds to the tension of it. And as you say, it's a lock. Obviously, it's a locked room mystery, but it's it's not technically in a room. It's on an island, and it feels very isolated. And yeah, I, I remember thinking that she did a really good job. Yeah. And I because I've read also the Hunting Party, her first book. Was that as good? Was it better? I enjoyed it. Again, there was a lot of toxic friendships within that. Okay. So if you if you want to go, if you want to keep, if you want to keep uh, witnessing toxic friendships in a really digging into that then absolutely um it wasn't in my opinion I think the guest list was better, okay but still very enjoyable um and worth a look I think she's you know what you're going to get from Lucy Foley like you said is just like good fun enjoyable easy 
crime reading. Yes, which is, and sometimes you need several that. twists which I didn't see coming either, which is always nice as well because it's which yeah quite easy. Well. Yeah, especially when all I read really is crime novels, so you do kind of get yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I guess that was going to happen. Nice. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed mm. it. I did. Yeah, and I'm also glad that we did not choose the same book yet again. <laughs> nailed it we're on a bit of a roll like uh, at some point it's got to happen especially i guess if we choose lucy foley as the next theme (laughs) (laughs) that is likely to reduce the the odds yeah so my book this month Mm. so um i chose this book because the author has a series a different book but a new series that recently came onto netflix and has been doing really really well so I was I was inspired to look at her back catalogue because I've, I've kept seeing her name everywhere, obviously, while there's been a lot of press for this TV series. It's been doing really well. Um, and I found this one. And so I decided to dive in. It's called Little Disasters by Sarah Vaughan. Oh, have you read it? I haven't. And I also haven't read um, uh, the one that the Netflix series. Anatomy of a Scandal. That was the one I picked it up the other day, actually. And thought I needed to read it but I haven't anyway I watched I watched the series and I thought it was it was pretty solid I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it very much so uh, I wanted to give it a look and so I'm gonna I'll read you the (laughs) I haven't got a synopsis here I've got the back of the book because you know it's a lot shorter but I think you get to the point so Mm -hmm. right a dark cold Friday night a night like any other until do I sound like I'm on CSI SUV absolutely sweet (laughs) That's not a show. Oh, what what is he called? <laughs> I mean, either CSI or Law and Order SVU. <laughs> oh, I said SUV. That's yeah, utility vehicle. All about the cars. Yeah. Well, a lot of crime could be committed in this, mm. lots of room for crime. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> back into my my dark brooding voice. Hold on. A mother rushes into a busy A and E department with her baby daughter. The on duty doctor is her best friend. What happens next will change everything. A doctor forced to make a decision. A mother living with the consequences. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. So, and also on the front cover, this is one of the reasons why it jumps out to me. It said, your best friend, your worst nightmare. Love it. But <laughs> that being said, I, yeah, I guess it is. I guess it would be your worst nightmare if you were a junior doctor on duty and your best friend comes in with a baby. So, Let's just set the scene here. Basically, as we said, there's the, the lead character is a woman called Liz and she's a junior doctor and she's part of, I guess, an NCT group. Yeah. When, you ha- when you're having a baby, you go to these groups and make friends with them all. Um, so she's part of an NCT group and they're all kids are all a bit older now, but they've kept in touch. Anyway, she is on duty and her friend Jess comes in with her baby daughter, who's very young. And the, she's like, oh, she's been throwing up. I don't know what's wrong with her. I think she's got a bug or something. I wasn't even going to bring her in. I'm not that worried about it, but my husband insisted. Uh, and so they start looking over, looking at the child, looking her over. I'm not giving, these are big spoilers. This happened right at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they're looking over the child and then they notice that actually she's got a very big abrasion on the back of her skull. Ooh. And so obviously... The first question you ask is, 
did you know that your baby's got a giant dent in the back of its head? Fair question. I mean, that's how I would word it as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> junior doctor. Uh, do you know the baby has a big dent in the back of the head? And she kind of, when they ask her about it, she gets a bit weird. She's like, oh, does she? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> weird. Ah. Uh, and then kind of continues to be very... Um, kind of strange about answering it says oh I don't know she maybe she fell when my back was turned I don't know what happened and it's very cagey instantly very suspicious with Mm. it and obviously the the reason why the baby's been throwing up is because of severe concussion it turns out she's actually got a fractured skull so not great not a great no not great for anyone involved really so um the friend obviously had the doctor who is, is working with her is a, kind of in a bit of a difficult position because clearly that looks very bad. And so she speaks to one of the seniors, so she's a junior doctor. She speaks to one of the senior attendings or whatever they're called, the higher ups. She gives him a phone call and just explains the situation. And he's basically like, why, why are you not just phoning child protective services right now? Because obviously when a child is involved, normal kind of benefit of the doubt really doesn't apply mm-hmm. in that situation, especially when it's a back of the head fracture to the skull uh and her being very like oh did did she oh i didn't know that and being very strange so yeah not ideal not ideal doesn't look good for anybody so after speaking to her superior she is forced basically to call child protective services call the police and it kind of spirals from there, really, with, um, you know, her husband of the of the woman with the baby kind of being shocked that she's basically dobbed them, it, not dobbed them in because he has no idea what's going on kind of thing. He came home and the baby was in the crib throwing up, had thrown up and was really acting strangely and he wasn't sure mm-hmm. what was going on. And also the friends around them being like, I can't believe that you think she would hurt a kid. What are you doing? And obviously she's just doing her job to safeguard a child as a junior yes. doctor. Uh, so she hasn't done anything wrong, really. But obviously the, the pressure in the kind of local friendships and community is to assume that something's happened, it was an accident, but whatever. So it kind of goes from there, really. It is, it's told from the perspectives of a few different characters. So it's told from the doctor, it's told from the mother herself, mm-hmm. and it's told from her husband, as well and so you get a lot of different kind of angles on it and kind of slowly you piece together what happened to the baby and how they've ended up here and I would say I I, I actually overall I did enjoy it it found for me it was a little bit kind of slow to get to the the kind of mm. and it feels crass to say this about a, a injured baby <laughs> But so you're going to go there. I'm going to go there because I think people know me better by now. Uh, basically, before it gets to like the juicy, interesting stuff, it's a lot of, ooh, you know, hurt feelings and I don't want to upset anybody. And oh, goodness. Instead of being like, okay, like what well, the baby's got a big old bad problem with its head. What happened here? Get, get down to the detail. There's also kind of some side narratives that she weaves in about Liz, the doctor, and the relationship with her own mother who Mm -hmm. is an alcoholic and she's really sick. So there's kind of a few bits going on there. I don't necessarily, sometimes I feel like they weave in, authors weave in other kind of side narratives to make it, make the characters feel richer as if I completely understand it. But sometimes I'm like, can we not just focus on the big one? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I I feel like it's unnecessary to kind of make it too complex and have too many stories going on within one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So... 
one thing I will say though, once he kind of got closer to the end, it started to get a bit more exciting and a bit more tense and a bit more uh, compelling in that respect. And you kind of think, oh, okay, I, I get where this is going now. And then right at the end, she did a massive old twisty on it. Okay. Which I didn't see coming. And I was so pleased that it was there. As soon as I read it, I was like, yes, this is, I needed this. Thank you. I've been rewarded for the, with okay. this. So overall, I would say I really did enjoy it. Um, it also kind of within the, it obviously tackles friendship in the relationships she has with, with Jess, the mother, um, and how that's kind of called into question over the accusations that are involved. And also, uh, not to spoil too much, but Jess doesn't cope very well with the whole thing and goes a little bit unhinged and starts to do things that she shouldn't do that make her look worse. For example, trying to take the baby from the hospital. Mm, sure. Doesn't, again, not going well for you, Jess. Have a think here. <laughs> um, it would be my advice as the friend in this, in this scenario. And also the relationships within their NCT group. There are some toxic relationships in there for sure. And I think that comes from a bit like when you, not obviously not between you and I, Sarah, as ex-work colleagues, but when you're thrown into a group of people <laughs> that you didn't necessarily pick as your friends, you're there mm. to have one thing in common and that's you're working together or you have a baby and you're all having babies, thus you must now be friends. Doesn't yeah, necessarily mean the personality balance is good or and right. Then years on, you're stuck doing a podcast with yes, them. This is my way of subtly trying to hint. <laughs> to wrap this baby up. Uh, only joking, of course. Uh, I understand. Yeah, no. but so, but I think it covers that nicely. That kind of that forced loyalty you have to people that you don't necessarily even like. Yeah, you've been thrown together through circumstance and you have to just stick with it really and the idea is the whole point of ntt groups obviously i don't have a child but i had i have many friends that do and go to these groups and the whole point is it's meant to be a support network mm. but often my understanding is and i'm not dobbing anybody in here but whenever i hear about people talking about their ntt groups they all sound well not all mostly sound quite judgmental and bitchy and mm. a bit kind of oh i don't know what's the word i'm looking for I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. It just feels like some t some element of it is a bit like competitive within it, I suppose. Competitive mothering. Yes, competitive mothering. Also like competitive in terms of the child's progress. Like, oh, well, my child's already doing this. Like, mm. I would just lie and be like, well, my child's already like going off to college or whatever. Just <laughs> to throw a spanner in. But yeah, so it covered that really nicely. It also covered other relationships. So it turns out that her husband of the the one whose baby's injured uh, no, knew one of the other women in the NCT group. They went to university together, and they oh. they have a, they have a close relationship. Obviously, the the relationship between family as well is is heavily covered. And yeah, so overall, I did enjoy it. Maybe I would have enjoyed it more, perhaps if I enjoyed is probably the wrong word as well here <laughs> because I was gonna say if I had a kid maybe I'd enjoy reading about a child getting badly injured um that's mm, not obviously obvious who wouldn't love that no <laughs> clearly what it is maybe I'd find it more relatable if I I can understand the idea of a child getting hurt and you being blamed for it would be mm. absolutely horrifying so I can the tension was very much palpable within that but yeah I think maybe it, it was a solid book I would have liked a bit more kind of 
action earlier on, but I think it was still paced pretty well. And I was really grateful for that twist at the end because it was a lot of fun and I didn't see it coming, as you say, which is so rare. Often when you read a lot of crime books, you kind of pick up on the same things. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't hear. And also um, there's a, one of the kids in it of, so this woman, Jess, whose baby is injured, she has two other boys and one of them's called Frankie. So. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So that was nice. It's always nice to see your name in print for something <laughs> that isn't bad <laughs> that you've done. So yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. I would give it, I'm going to go with three tombstones. Oh. It's solid. Mm. It's solid. And I, yeah, decent. Decent. And, you know, Sarah Vaughan is clearly doing great things right now and doing incredibly well. And I have no doubt it's thoroughly deserved. So uh, I enjoyed it. And if you want to, you know, if you want a lighthearted read about a baby getting hurt, then crack on. <laughs> Pick this is the one for you. <laughs> and I just also want to point out I'm not laughing at babies getting hurt. I'm laughing at my crass response to it. <laughs> So yeah, no, no judgment. You're fine. No, I know you don't judge me, but the internet likes to judge <sighs> people, doesn't it? Screw the internet. Who needs them? Well, we do to put this podcast out. Oh, I suppose uh... so. It does. It sounds like a kind of decent, entertaining read. Yes, and and in the same way that I found, obviously, I didn't read Anatomy of a Scandal, but when I watched it on Netflix, I enjoyed it very much. Also, could have something to do with the fact that the cast is so good looking. Oh, excellent. Oh, my God. Sienna Miller, she is looking good. 40 years old, absolutely banging. And Rupert Friend, who I've always had a a bit of a crush on. Yeah, always been very handsome, hasn't he? He's very handsome. And yeah, no, it's a good good cast. It's got, um, is it Michelle Dockery from Mm. Downton? Yeah, she's good. Yeah. very it's all very enjoyable if you I, I think I got through it in a, in a day or two classic binge so yeah oh, I love a binge watch yes there were <laughs> there were some moments in it and I, I did enjoy it overall I'm just saying this is I found it a little bit odd there were moments in I guess for dramatic effects and to really really hammer home just how dramatic this effect is they would do a bit where so say basically it's not a spoiler to say he gets accused of rape the mm. politician yeah. and, and suddenly as he's accused of rape he gets physically pulled back in slow motion through the air and i guess it's to show <laughs> that he's being like hit hard with this shocking news and there are a few moments like that and it kind of just took me out of it a little bit because i was like did you oh. have a little laugh i did have a little laugh i was like <laughs> i was like was he hit with like a football that i didn't see of suddenly pounding the stomach and he flew back was he shot oh no it's just dramatic effect so. yeah okay i still actually i think i'll probably watch that sooner rather than later well i'd be interested to hear what you think when you do mm. Definitely. I'll need to fit it in around reading all of Lucy Foley's books. But, you know. <laughs> well, she's only got two, so... Yeah, well, three. Well, two you've read more. it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of adaptations for the screen... Flawless. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It was bound to happen at some point. Sarah, do you want to say <laughs> what the theme of next month will be? Yes, so next month's theme is actually once suggested by Shah, my... Oh non-toxic friend from school long-suffering friend and housemate very very long-suffering absolutely (laughs) so her suggestion was that we do a book that's been adapted into um into a screen version basically so tv series film uh, the possibilities are and no they're not (laughs) i was dying to hear when you were going to go with that (laughs) would would radio count 
Yes, I think radio could count. Okay, there you go. So there's three options. Yeah, not not audiobook. No, that's that's not the same. No, that could just be any book at all. Yeah. Oh, that's I think that's a really good one because it's so many there are so many good ones out there. There are, and Shah actually bought me one that works for this as part of my birthday present this year, which I've been saving until we did this theme. So I'm quite looking forward to reading it. I'm looking at it right this second. Oh, man, because I bought one recently that's being adapted and I'm like, oh, what if it's the same one now? I hope it's not. Risky business. Yeah, we'll we'll find out in about four weeks' time. Oh, I don't know if I can wait till then. We also will have another before four weeks' time. We're going to have another little fun interview coming. Yes, so excited. Can't wait for that. So again, we'll keep it as a surprise, but coming very, very soon. So watch out for that. And I also, can I can I plug a, a little guest spot that I did recently? Yes, plug your guest spot. I'm yet to hear this, by the way, because I've been away last week. So that's something to look forward to as well. It only just came out on Sunday. So your time. Oh, I thought it came out during the week. No, you're all okay. good. So uh, I was recently very kindly given a little guest spot as uh, on a special episode of the uh, No Book Club podcast, which is all about Yellow Jackets, the TV series such a good show it's such a good show it's on sky slash now tv if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it because it's really really good yeah matt lovely matt from the show kindly let me come on to talk about the best character on the entire show (laughs) hands down misty quigley yeah uh, and I I don't think I think it's fair to say that I get really over the top obsessed with her in it. I um I wax lyrical about how much I love her, how perfect she is. Then I get very deep into cannibalism, psychopathy, and serial killers. <laughs> All my favorite things, Sarah. I know. I I appreciate this is not the theme of this podcast, but no. I she's an amazing character, but <gasps> I know the one thing that absolutely ruins it for me and I cannot get past is the fact that she like stole medicine from old people oh. who need it oh, like whatever. it makes me sad every time I think about it oh well I mean aren't you a good person yes, clearly better than Missy Quigley <laughs> really better than me because that didn't bother me in the slightest <laughs> sure sure but yeah, okay, fine. But the whole, the whole, oh, I mean, listen to the episode because we talk about the fact that she's a complex character. <laughs> to put it mildly, yeah. Yeah, she's not necessarily a good person, I don't, but I don't think she necessarily professes to be either. But no. if you want to give it a listen, it's on the No Book Club podcast. So go check it out if you like. If you, if, if you can stand to hear any more of my voice, then please go and give it a listen. And uh, give those guys a little little review and a rating as well, because they're great. Yes. Lovely. Well, that was really fun, Sarah. Thank you. It's okay. Thank you, Frankie. Wow. What a lovely, kind <laughs> ending to this episode. <laughs> You've got a bit hysterical. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, we'll be back soon. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yes. Have lovely months. And if you have any other ideas for themes, we are all ears. Please do tell us. Uh, our email address is redandberrypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tell us on, unlike Sarah, you can find our social channels <laughs> at Red, Red and Berry Podcast on all the social networks. Um, and feel free to shame Sarah in the process like I've just done.
Oh my god. I <laughs> Where are you? How are you gonna defend yourself? <laughs> I was hoping something would come to me if I started the sentence and it hasn't. So <laughs> Well on that note. <laughs> yep, it's been great. <laughs> Thanks everyone. See you soon. Bye. Elsewhere on We Made This. A dream given form. A Babylon 5 podcast. The isolationism is talked about a lot in the episode, but it's entire, but Londo's isolation is so heartbreaking to watch. Their final scene of dialogue together between Londo and Jakar is it's so, so, so powerful. When Jakar says, I can't forgive this entire, but I can forgive you. And that music, as Londo touches Jakar's yeah. arm and leaves, gives me goosebumps. It's, it's so beautifully done. I, I'm not going to lie that I, I kind of welled up when... Um... Mm. When Jakar forgave him, it really does. Yeah, it really does get me. But yeah, it's it's, it's a very sad story, and and but that but that but that's what makes Londo's journey such a captivating journey to watch throughout the five mm. seasons. Free with this month's issue. This is Skin Lab and Dissolve. Yep, that f***ing riff, man. What a track. So good. I love that lyric as well. I'm disappointed that he didn't write it himself. Did he not? No. Which one? It's not what they call, it's what you answer to, is a WC uh, Bills quote. I've just looked it up. Yeah. Oh, I quite like that, even more now. For a second there, I thought you were going to say it was a WCW quote. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sting coming out. <laughs> yeah. Bit of that Eric Bischoff um, in the middle of the ring. Um, yeah, let's re-record it. And Ian, if you could just say that, that'd yeah, be fantastic. Sure. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I love this. It's uh, it's definitely Machine Head influence, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're from uh, yeah. they're from San Francisco, so which isn't that million, million miles away from the Bay Area, of course. But, uh, yeah, I, there's a bit of uh, Far Beyond Driven era Pantera in there as well, particularly with the, the deep low voice in the verses. Oh yeah. Geek polymath. So what is it about RuPaul's Drag Race that particularly appeals to you over everything else that you could possibly <laughs> like in geek culture? It's it's impossible to narrow it down to one thing because it's literally everything about it is everything that I like. So you've got legitimate competition because nine times out of ten, the loser is the one who does the worst. So one of the problems with reality, reality TV is that they keep the controversial people in and they send home the boring people. That's something that happens mm. around it and it becomes quite disappointing. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network.